You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of The Courtship Code. And of course, it's me, your host, Zara J. Glad to be back with you guys for another week, another episode. And hopefully you guys are doing well. I'm down here in Florida and we're just waiting for the hurricane. (laughs) Just waiting for things to go down. But hopefully that won't be an issue. It seems like the track is veering. That's why everyone's been calling and texting and asking me, you know, are you prepared for the hurricane? You know, are you ready? Are you scared? And this is my third hurricane uh, since I've been in Florida. So, no, I'm not scared. Now, my first hurricane with Irma, I was terrified. When I say terrified, I mean, my anxiety was probably at an all-time high. I never experienced so much fear and anxiety as I did. I'm from up north. We have snowstorms. For snowstorms, you just grab some eggs, milk, and bread. Why? Those are the staple things. I don't know. But you just grab some basic food, some snacks, and you just plan to be inside for a day or two. Maybe up to four days, maybe max four days before the roads are good and clear, all from school, all from work for a couple days, and you're fine. Um... I always looked forward to snow days because you get to, you know, snuggle up inside, you're comfy, it's like family time. So that's what I'm used to. My first hurricane, I was terrified. Then Irma was supposed to be a big one. I evacuated and I went to Atlanta, ended up being in a tropical storm with power outages there. Meanwhile, my home in Jacksonville didn't have a power outage, so that wasn't a very smart move. But we don't know what we don't know, so I never would have been able to foresee that. In evacuation traffic, I tell people all the time, if you've never been in evacuation traffic... OMG, that is the scariest thing ever. Because you're talking about a whole state of people on the road at the same time. My typical five-hour trip to Atlanta turned into an eight-hour, eight, eight-and-a-half-hour ride. And it was so much traffic, so many people on the road. People have gas tanks in the back of their cars, suitcase, luggage, families on the road. It was terrifying. It was an extremely scary time. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It was like the day after tomorrow or Independence Day or something. Like You're not prepared for that until you've actually been in it. So if you've been through Hurricane Katrina or Harvey or anything, like my heart goes out to you because... I had a glimpse of it. I wasn't in that type of situation, but I definitely had a glimpse of it. And I I totally understand how scary, how traumatic that could possibly be. But in other news, (laughs) if you guys haven't had a chance to check out my Halt Hijab interview, I was featured in Halt Hijab. We had an amazing conversation uh, with uh, Layla, who's an amazing writer, she's absolutely amazing from NBA Muslims, and she interviewed me for Hot Hijab, and we just talked about courtship. We talked about some of the current things that people are going through, and it's a really good interview. You ever do something, and you look at it, or you read it, or you review it, and you're like, "I did that." I said, "Wow, that was really good." 
so yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. So if you haven't had a chance to listen, I'm sorry, not to listen. If you haven't had a chance to read that interview, you can, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you should have gotten it in the email or you can go to my Instagram page. That's underscore Zara J underscore and tap the link in my bio and it has a direct link to the interview. It's an amazing interview. Thank you. Thank you so much, Layla. I know you listen to the podcast faithfully. Love you, girl. Thank you. And thank you to Hot Hijab and the owner and the editors over there who uh, made the space for me to be a part of their website. So thank you. Now, in other news, I am getting so much closer to launching my Captivating Courtship website and Captivating Courtship program. I am geeked about it. I've just been getting so much feedback, so much feedback about the program and the content and how beneficial it is. And it just seems like Every single time I go over this program with a woman, whether she is a married woman or an unmarried woman, I mean, eyes are in full contact, body language leaned in, everyone's fully engaged. You know, even if it's just an inbox, everyone's like, wow, I needed this information. I needed to hear that. I need this. And getting those yeses is such confirmation that this new program and the information that's being provided is going to be beneficial to so many women. And again, if you're listening to this, this Captivating Courtship program and CaptivatingCourtship.com is not limited to just women of a particular race or a particular faith. It's for all women. It's for women only. Sorry, fellas. I know we have a lot of men that listen to this podcast, but this is going to be just for women. But I am excited. So I'm going to be hosting a special masterclass just for that very soon. And I would love for you to be a part of that. Now, the website, by the time you hear this podcast, the website won't be up yet, but it will be up later this week. So I do want you to go ahead and bookmark this or remember this if you're following on social media or you're following um, in our newsletter or anywhere online. When you see this podcast promoted, make sure that you go back to it and that you remember, oh, she said that the website was going to be launching this week and that the and that the masterclass would be available for me to sign up for. I want you to make sure that you, your girlfriends, your family, whoever that is either unmarried or they're currently seeing someone, they're currently courting someone, dating someone, whatever relationship term you like to use, that they go to CaptivatingCourtship.com and they sign up for that masterclass. Sign up for the masterclass and it's a free masterclass that should be available this week. I am excited. When I tell you I'm excited, I mean like every day I wake up. I, when I, some, just a little tidbit about me. When I am really excited about something, I become obsessed with it. When I say obsessed, I mean from the time I get up to the time I go to sleep, that's all that's on my mind just to go to sleep for a few hours and wake back up and do it again. I become extremely obsessed with it. And right now this is my little baby and this is something I'm obsessed with. So I am excited to bring that to you guys. So what are we going to be talking about today? Because I know I've been rambling and I'm sure you guys want me to get into the actual content. We're going to be talking about the topic of forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness. 
And I wanted to share this with you, and I'm going to share a very personal story. I've told you guys in the past, if you've listened to other podcasts, that I am really working on getting more personal with my listeners. And it's hard for me because I'm not naturally a very, you know, very social, outgoing, um, overexposed person. I, I expose just enough. Usually I open up just enough to people outside of my very small circle of friends, <laughs> probably even less to my family in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm really working on letting you guys more into my experiences, but it's hard, right? Being vulnerable is hard. Uh, opening up any shame or guilt or any insecurities that you might have, that can be very hard. And it can be very scary when you're doing it to a mass amount of people and people who don't know you really on an intimate level. So there's all this fear of judgment when you decide to take that leap to open up and share things and expose aspects of you. But by doing so, it's also really beneficial because I know that one, I have lived a very interesting life. And two, um, my experiences can help and heal others. And it's because of my experiences that I have the insight that I'm able to have that I've been called by God to help other people and been positioned to help other people. So I can't do my job unless I really, really am doing my job. So I wanted to share with you guys a very personal story about the topic of forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness in order for you to move on. And I want to share this story with you because I know that there are some of you who are listening who may be holding on to some hurt either from your childhood, from your past relationships, maybe from some current situations that you're going through right now. Um, It's there. And you might forgive on a surface level. You might feel like you've moved on or you've let it go. But it still bothers you. It still lingers. And you haven't gotten the quote-unquote closure on this situation or whatever experience you went through that hurt you. Now, the, the the topic of closure, I want to touch on that another time because a lot of people think they need closure in a way that they don't. And closure is a personal responsibility. It's not an external responsibility. But like I said, we'll get into that another time. But I did want to give you guys a story time. And this story that I'm going to share with you has to do with the death of my father and how that impacted me and the closure that I gave myself, like I said, because closure is internal, um, in order to move on and really have peace, really have peace from different things that occurred in my childhood. So I'm going to jump into a little break and then I'm going to get back to you. So story time. Let's get into it. Now, for those of you who listened to uh, past episodes of the podcast, I know there was a particular episode that I got some responses from and some support from. So thank you guys for the love and the support. When I mentioned my father uh, right now is dealing with cancer. And 
when I talk about my father, I that I'm actually referring to my stepfather. Technically, quote unquote, we never used the word step in my household. That just wasn't a term that was ever used. My grandparents didn't use the step. It was me, my grandparents, this is my dad. But I was raised, you know, as a stepchild, I guess you could say. And my biological father, my parents divorced when I was very young. And I wasn't really raised with my biological father. Like I would see him sporadically throughout my life, but he wasn't a consistent figure. My my stepfather was a consistent figure in my life. My parents married when I was probably about five or six, and they're still married to this day. They've been married for 20 some years. So that was pretty much the only father that I've ever known. You know, but I still knew who my biological father was. Like I said, I would see him occasionally, you know, throughout the years, but we didn't have a relationship. Now, in 2011, he died and he was still fairly young. He was like in his early 50s when he died. I think he was 52. And I had just had my, I did I have both my children? I had both my children by then. And my daughter was really young and I made the decision to attend my father's funeral. Now, my brother and my sister did not go. And they still had like a lot of bitterness and they were like, they didn't want to go. And I don't, I'm not really sure where my mother stood on my decision to go. I can't say she wasn't supportive of me making that decision, but I don't know if she was fully supportive of me making that decision either. You know, moms are going to be moms and they're still going to have a little bit of bitterness and anger about, you know, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. And, you know, there's still like this little bit of revenge that's like circling in them, uh, whether they realize it or not, which is totally understandable. It's totally understandable. Um, But for me, I didn't want to hold on to that. And what I knew was, even at that time, even at that age, I was still very young. I was in my early, mid-20s. And at that time, I knew that it was important for me to go so that I could have the closure on our relationship that I needed. Now, prior to that, I had already began sorting through some emotions and sorting through feelings of him not being in my life and the emotions of you know neglect or abandonment that I had so I started uncovering that very very early very young I was very self-aware about how it was impacting me and how I didn't want those feelings to cycle onto my children so I had started unpacking that and I actually wasn't super emotionally rocked when he died and I wasn't, you know, I just didn't have that emotional connection and I wasn't as broken down as I possibly could have been. Whether he was in my life or not, I I wasn't, I just emotionally, I wasn't in that space. And I wasn't in a space of anger or bitterness like a lot of people experience from having an absentee parent. It could have been because I did have a replacement and I overall grew up in a healthy household. Or it just could have been because it wasn't something that, you know, troubled me, that followed me too much. But things follow you on a subconscious level that you may not be aware are following you. That's a whole different topic. I don't want to get into that, but we'll touch on that in a, in a different time. But 
I made the decision to go to this funeral because I knew that it was important. And like I said, very early on, I realized the importance of healing. I am, I realized the importance of facing your issues, facing your trauma. And it's important that you do that because you have to walk towards the pain. You have to walk towards the problem. You cannot get closure on something. You cannot move on. You cannot heal. You cannot sit down and fix the problem if you're not willing to sit down with it, if you're not willing to walk towards it. And it was important to me. So I traveled to Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, with my aunt and my daughter. She was probably only about three at the time, maybe. She was still really young. And we traveled to Norfolk to his funeral. And that was an experience. (laughs) That was an experience. It was a really interesting setup. So let me tell you, I'm about to spill all the tea. And let me tell you the reason why (laughs) this even came about, because I was going to totally record the podcast on a different topic, but I recorded it on this one because my cousin, hey Angie, I hope you're listening to this, my cousin, she inboxed me this morning just spilling all the family tea. (laughs) She started talking about some family tea and I'm like, oh girl, this is good. I did not know this. And I'm not a gossip girl at all, but her and I have been connecting recently on the topic of trauma, pain, hurt, disappointments. So she came to me to open up to me about something. So it wasn't like intentional, just like gossip, but it was like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I've gone through. And this is why. And these things occurred in the past. And this, and it was just like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. So that's how this all came about. And then I ended up telling her this story, which she never knew. And I was just like, man, I think this would be a great story time episode for the podcast and something that other people can benefit from. So I totally got lost. Let me get back on track. Sorry about that. So I went and traveled to Norfolk with my beautiful baby girl, my little, you know, three-year-old in tow, and with my aunt, who's my father's sister. Now, when we got to this funeral, there were only about 10 family members there. And everyone else at this funeral were his friends, his co-workers, and his wife's family, primarily his wife's family, which is really interesting because his wife is a biracial woman. She uh, is half black, half white. And the church was primarily filled with Caucasians, which was super interesting because it's like his whole entire family, which is very black, wasn't really in attendance. And in fact, his wife didn't really invite any of his family. My aunt invited family down to the funeral. His wife didn't invite, his his wife didn't even invite us, my, my brother, my sister and I to my father's funeral. And we are his only biological children. We were created in marriage. That's why I, I hate, I hate when I hear people talk about 
single moms or you should have known or all these different things because we were all created in marriage and my mom still ended up a single mom at some point. So that, that story is just a, a major story. It's a myth. But, um, and they were married for years and they dated in high school. They were high school sweethearts. So that, that story is a myth, but that's another story. But anyway, so his wife who... I don't believe I ever formally met her. I I believe maybe she came to my grandmother's funeral when I was about 18, but her and I never formally met. We never had a conversation, but his wife didn't invite my brother, my sister, or I, his only biological children born out of marriage, um, to his funeral. Um, she didn't invite any of his family to his funeral. She only invited his co-workers, her family, to the funeral. And here's why. And this is why forgiveness is important. We're going to get into it. This is a deep story. So she didn't invite his family or any of us to the funeral because in their 10-year marriage, she never told anyone we existed. Think about that. She never mentioned to anyone that he had three biological children in Philadelphia from his ex-wife at all in her life. Like she never told anyone. So you can imagine (laughs) when not just his family unexpectedly shows up to the funeral, but when his youngest child shows up to the funeral, what that felt like for her, the embarrassment, the shame, the guilt. And I walked into the funeral, I had my daughter with me and I sat down with my aunt and we sat on his family side of the funeral And I sat there and um, the night before my aunt said, she's like, are you going to speak at the funeral? And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think so. So she was just like, you know, I think you should think about it. So when we're at the funeral, it was so interesting because all of these people, I, you know, I didn't know any of them because I didn't grow up in. Virginia at all and he moved to Virginia after the divorce and he was in the military and I didn't know any of these people I didn't know any of these co-workers and none of them knew me like I was just like another face in the crowd but when they asked could someone come up and speak um if anyone wanted to share any words my aunt she leaned over to me my aunt Barbara I need to give her a call my aunt she leaned over to me and she said, you know, I think, I think you should go up. I think you should talk. You're going to go up. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I got up and I stood up and I walked up on the stage. It was a mega church. It was a huge church. It wasn't a super huge crowd, but it was about at least a hundred people there. And I stood up in front of everyone and that was my first time speaking in front of a crowd that large. This was before I did have done any speaking. This was before this was right around the time I believe my first book came out, but I hadn't spoken in front of a crowd that big before. And so I stood up and um got in front of the podium 
lights beaming down on me. And when I looked into the front row and his wife was there, the look on her face, y'all, the look, you would have thought she saw a ghost. It was like her biggest nightmare just came to light. The one thing that she was hiding in her shadow, now maybe not the one thing, but one of the things that she was hiding in her shadows, her shame, what she felt ashamed of, came to light. And I stood up there and I made it very clear. I said, you know, I'm here to talk to you guys and I don't want to say anything negative. And I'm here to talk to you guys about the importance of forgiveness. Because there are a lot of other things that I could be standing here to talk to you guys about, but those things really aren't important right now. And as I stand here at my father's funeral and I'm looking at his memorial photo, I realized that he has grandchildren he'll never meet. He has relationships with his three children that he'll never get an opportunity to fix. He has broken bonds and he has opportunity that will never be able to be taken advantage of. And It's important to use the time that you have on this earth as an opportunity to heal and to fix any issues that you have before you're about to go into that grave. Because he'll never get an opportunity to fix any of these broken relationships. He'll never have an opportunity to meet his beautiful grandchildren. And that's not something that I want for anybody in attendance at this funeral. And I went on to talk about, you know, my brother, my sister and I, we live in Philadelphia and, you know, my parents, they divorced after when I was really young, you know, my parents divorced and we never really had a relationship like that with him. And that's okay because I forgive him. I understand as an adult that sometimes things happen and you don't know why people do things. And sometimes we dig ourselves into a hole and then we don't know how to pull ourselves out of it. And sometimes we don't have the tools, we don't have the support, we don't have the information that we need to make different choices. And I forgive him for that. Because if I don't forgive him for that, then who am I to ask for the opportunity to be forgiven? And I told people, I know that there are people who are in this crowd today who need to forgive somebody, who needs to mend a broken relationship, who needs to make that phone call, who needs to set up that meeting before they are in the grave. Because he didn't know that he was going to die that night. It was a sudden death. And I don't want that for anybody. And... I went on, I said a few more things, but everything was centered around a topic of forgiveness. 
And when I walked off of that stage, I received so much applause, so much love and support. And that was so important for my healing. That was so important to not be the little girl with the daddy issues in order for me to to not carry that into my adulthood and into my womanhood was for me to walk towards that pain, sit down with it and deal with it so I can move on. And I remember walking outside into like the reception area and people just coming up to me. Like one of his coworkers came up to me, this guy, white guy, And he's like, um, you know, I've worked with your father for 10 years and I never knew he had any other children. And I was just like, wow, like that's interesting. Cause you don't know, like you just don't know what people are hiding, right? Um, His wife's parents came up to me and they're like, we're so sorry. We never knew anything about you. He never told us and she never told us. You know, her sister came up to me and she's like, I am so sorry. I needed to hear what you just said because I have a daughter who I haven't spoken to in a year. And I'm going to go home today after this funeral and I'm going to give her a call. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for reminding me in the importance of forgiveness. Thank you for that. I needed to hear that. And that right there was all that I needed. I would never be able to get the opportunity to have that conversation with my father. But knowing that me having the courage to sit down with my pain and share it with other people and to walk towards it so that I could help others Oh, that was, that was a life-changing moment for me. And you know who never came up to me? His wife or her daughters. (laughs) They never came up to me. They never spoke to me. They never even acknowledged me the whole entire reception. They kept a very intentional distance from me. But that was okay. Because I understood that they felt embarrassed and they felt shame and guilt for the skeletons in their closet. And for her daughters, which was his stepdaughters, she didn't fully, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. And I'm sure that as young women, they may not understood how to fully process everything as well or what they may have been coached and taught to hide. So I wanted to share that story with you guys because I know that there are some people here that need to forgive themselves. They need to forgive other people. And they need to understand that it's okay to walk towards your pain. It's okay to get help. It's okay to seek guidance. It's okay to make the decision to do something different. But you don't wanna have the skeletons in your closet. You don't want to keep hiding from your shadows because they will pop up on you. They will come out at a time when you least expect it. And that's scary and it's hard and it's not easy. But it doesn't have to be the situation. It doesn't have to be the case. I want to also remind you that things come full circle. And 
This is also important in order to fully, fully move on and to fully embrace whatever situation God puts you through. And what I mean by things comes full circle, it means being able to step back and really appreciate the circumstance that's been given to you and being able to see the good in it because nothing is created all good or all bad. And even in the hardest times, even in the worst struggle, even in the greatest test is good in it for you. And in this particular situation, I remember having a conversation with my mom when I came back and she's like, well, isn't that something, you know, he raised those other two girls, his stepdaughters, and he didn't, you know, raise his own children. And let me tell you something. When I was at the funeral, after I spoke, they did like a a memory wheel, you know, like a slideshow, pictures and everything. And in that slideshow, they showed him so many photos of him with his stepdaughters, their first days of college, their prom, their graduations, all these monumental moments that he never showed up for me, you know, or my siblings, not my brother or my sister. You know, that was hard, y'all. That was hard. I can still remember bawling at that moment. I held it together really, really well up into the funeral. I held it up together when I stood up in front of everybody. But to come off of that stage and then the next part in the ceremony was the slideshow. And to see that he was there for these girls in a way that he never was there for me and he never would be, that broke me down, y'all. That made me bawl because while this girl is crying in a row in front of me because she lost the father that she had I was bawling in the row behind her for losing the father I never knew and that was hard but I'm gonna tell you what I told my mother when she brought that up I said you know life is balanced Life is balanced. And I refuse to look at myself as a victim or look at my siblings as a victim. I refuse to be bitter about the situation because it was really important for me to see the good in it. And the good in it was that in his absence, I gained a replacement. My mother remarried. Sure, she went through some years of struggle. Sure, she went through some years of hardship and being a single mom, but she married. She remarried. And they've been married for decades now. They have a beautiful home. We had a stable home environment. We had family vacations. We had a pretty decent upbringing. It wasn't perfect. Of course, there's still childhood trauma and things that come from that too. But overall, we had a safe home environment. Can't complain about that. Never will. But I wouldn't have had that maybe if they would have stayed married. I may not have had that if my mom picked someone that was just like my dad. She didn't learn to make a different choice. She didn't make a decision to do something different. You know, and in his absence, we gained a replacement and we gained a good replacement. 
You know, my, my stepfather never abused us. He never physically, verbally assaulted us. You know, was he perfect? No. Was Because he'd been better in certain areas, yes. But we were safe. And in the absence of those girls as father, because either their father wasn't around or they she may have been widowed. I'm not 100% sure, but I know their father wasn't in the picture. But in the absence of their father not being around or their fathers not being around, they gained a replacement. So everything came back full circle. You know, the God removing him from our lives gave us somebody else, right? Because he always says whatever he takes away, he replaces with better. So he took away our father and replaced us with our dad. And he took away those girls' father and replaced them with their dad. And sometimes plans don't go as we want it to. Things don't pan out how we think it should. But it works out how it how it needs to work out. It, it works out in the best way possible. And I cannot be more grateful for the way that it turned out. Sure, there's always going to be questions. There's always going to be what ifs. There's always going to be could have been. But it, it, it didn't happen and it's, it's okay. Because things bound, the world is balanced. Life is balanced. Your Lord is just. And it's important to remember that. But if you're listening to this and you can relate and you understand and you know that you have some struggles when it comes to relationships, when it comes to courtships, when it comes to your past marriages, maybe some experiences that you've gone through that you haven't fully forgiven, maybe some things that you know are really bothering you deep down inside. Some childhood trauma, some relationship trauma, some friendship trauma, things that's holding on to you, that's holding you back. I want to encourage you to walk towards it. I want to encourage you to sit down with it and to really heal from it. Forgive yourself. Forgive those other people for the harm that they have done to you. It's not easy. Y'all, I went through a moment over the past weekend. I had so much anger in me. I had not all weekend, but I had moments of anger because I was really angry at someone. But I had to move past that and make the decision to move on and to forgive. And it's not that easy. But I also have the tools to do that. I understand how to detox my programming and how to do that. So as always... If you're ready for courtship coaching, if you're ready to make some different decisions, I do wanna invite you to check out that masterclass which I spoke about. If you're a man, you can reach out to me as well for courtship coaching. But I want you guys to think about that. And do you have the information? Do you have the tools so that you can start making different decisions in your love life? You can start healing from your past experiences, from your past traumas, and understand how to move forward so that you can finally start doing things differently, breaking those old habits. You don't have to take those old habits into 2020 with you. You don't have to take that same mindset into 2020 with you. You don't have to take those same actions into 2020 with you. And my 12-week coaching program is all-encompassing. It breaks down everything you need to know and tools that you will need for the rest of your life and that you'll always be able to refer to whether you are married or single. You will be able to refer back to this system 
to always pull you back up, get you where you need to be and reposition yourself for what you want. And I promise you it works. I promise you it's a solution that you need. If you've been divorced, if you've been single for years, if you don't know what to do, if you know that on the surface you might be very confident, but behind closed doors you're a wreck, I want you to gain the courage to sit down with it. And I'm going to help you do that. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Courtship Code Podcast. Thank you for listening to my story. Feel free to shoot me a DM, to send me an email, whatever it is that you would like to share. I love hearing from you guys. Don't forget to subscribe on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Give us a good rating. If you love this episode, share it with your friends and family. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I can't wait to catch up with you again. Talk to you soon.